Welcome to Business Aspirin, pain relief for business. Clint Junell has managed a restoration company in Dallas since 2008 and is one of the top drying experts in his region. Clint is also the co-founder of JobDocs, a software developed to help his team manage their overwhelming volume of projects. On the podcast, Clint brings together business managers and leaders to share with you how they have overcome their business pains and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Clint Junell. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Business Aspirin. I'm your host, Clint Janelle. And today I have with me Eric Epps from Epps HVAC. Eric, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, dude. I'm excited to have you on uh, and to kind of chat with you and kind of see where this conversation goes. So let's talk about Eric and where you're located, Epps HVAC and all these kind of cool things. Tell tell our listeners where you're located, Eric. So we are located in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, the beautiful Queen City, the real Queen City down here uh, in the South. So we're Charlotte. We go out about 30, 40 miles outside of the the metro area. So it's kind of our service radius over here. Um, Try to keep it closer to home. Um, I I don't want to be driving all over the world for projects, right? So we we try to stay local. Um, we, we support local, so we try to help the local people out, which is what we want. Um, so, yeah, Charlotte is where we're located. Um, got into heating and air, let's see, 2010. Uh, I wanted to go back to school, and I called my dad. I was, at the time, I was doing custom cabinet work, and I loved it. Like, woodworking was awesome. It was so relaxing. I went in every day, put music on, and just built beautiful cabinets it was a lot of fun i learned a lot it was really cool but i found out in 2008 people don't really need custom cabinets they they just don't and when the economy went down that was one of the (laughs) first things where they were like all right we're gonna stop buying these so i called my dad after getting laid off at 21 years old i just bought my first house thinking things are going good and then here comes 2008 right so called my dad uh, when, after I'd gone back to work and said, look, I think I need a backup plan and I want to go back to college and I want to go for accounting. And he was quiet for a minute and they said, well, Eric, I'll tell you what, if you go for heating and air, I'll help you cover the cost of going back okay. to college. So it doesn't take an accountant to figure out if somebody else is going to you know, pay for it. That's a pretty good deal. Account- <laughs> accounting lesson number one. You did go back for accounting lesson number one. Someone right. else pays. Perfect. Absolutely. So <laughs> I went back and at first it was, I'm used to working with wood, right? So sure. electricity and Ohm's law and all that stuff. It was like, this is too much. I don't know about this. Called my dad again. I was like, I really think I want to go for accounting. And he was like, just give it a shot, man. Just give it a shot. So three months in something finally clicked. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so much fun you know, being able to be in, involved with the, the diagnosing of, of, of equipment was great. And then even more fun when you get into the design of it and the airflow side and really getting in, you know, to the nitty gritty of load calculations. That's where I really sure. got excited about it, which was sure. super weird because most people are like, that is the most boring stuff. But for me, that's the base of it, right? Like if, if you do it right from there, then everything else should be super easy, even along through maintenance and maintaining the customer long-term. Like if it's done right in the beginning, 
then sure. everything else should fall into place. Absolutely. So that was something that I picked up early on in college and kind of the first company that I went to work for, they had those same ethics as well that, Hey, do it right, right from the beginning. And the owner of that company was known to walk away from sales because people wanted high-end inverted equipment when it first started really rolling out big time, but they didn't want to do duck work. And he was like, I'm not selling you a Cadillac with square wheels. Right. So he was, and that really, he ingrained that in us. It was like, do it this way. This is the right way <laughs> sure. to do it. design it right. And make sure that they understand this is why it has to be like that. Yeah. yeah. So it was, I learned it in college and then it was ingrained into me at my first job. And when I <laughs> took my next job, which was the one I had up until I started Epps HVAC, they, they worked off of those same ethics as well. And that, that I think I've been super fortunate over my short career to be involved always with people that had the same morals and ethics that I did. Yeah. And it made coming to work every day, a lot of fun and very, very easy because the conversation wasn't, Oh, how do we get out of this? It's how do we make it right? Sure. And to me, that was super important. So being able to roll that into my company now and those same ethics is what I am teaching people that, you know, our, our motto is comfort through education. And that's not only just comfort, like, are you hot or cold? It's, are you comfortable with what's happening? This sure. is not some black magic voodoo. Like there's a science behind heating and air conditioning and a science behind doing it correctly. So I really, anybody that will listen, I'm all about trying to educate sure. on that science and why we're doing what we're doing. Right. And, sure. and why, why it is what it is that this is the price of things. And this is how long it takes to do this job. And this is the right way to do it. And there is no other way. And so I, my goal is as I grow as a company is I want to instill that into other people because, you know, all you're doing with these people is hopefully training them up to be future business owners. And right. that if they choose that route and they're good for that, I want to make sure that people that are coming from me are out there doing it the right way. Right. And that's, that's, that's exactly. real important. And that's great, man. I love hearing that. And so, so I grew up in the HVAC space. So my grandfather started a plumbing company in 1943. So I grew up digging ditches and repiping houses. And um, as air conditioning became a thing, um, I grew up in that space too, right? So um, a lot of people didn't have central heat and air at the time uh, where I'm, I was born and raised in Amarillo, Texas. So it's hot in the summer, it's cold in the winter, uh, but people didn't have AC for sure, right? Most of them had obviously central heat. Most of them, there were a lot of floor furnaces and some other things that were in play uh, originally, but um, I grew up in that space. And so I also was a little on the nerd side of doing things right. And I love to be able to take temperatures off of uh, condenser lines and um, condensate lines and being able to, you know, kind of do that's all psychrometry, psychrometry side of things, which is what oh, we still use psychrometry yeah. in the restoration space. So I'm primarily a restoration business now. Uh, and then a software company that helps the project management side of things that I've built as well. But on the, on the restoration space, the psychrometry is important because we need to know grains per pound of moisture in our air as we're trying to dry a structure to determine whether or not we're reducing that grains per pound. And I can get way into the science nerd side of stuff. And I have to tell people on a regular basis, like, well, this is going to be really nerdy. kind of sciencey. Um, but man, I, wet bulb, dry bulb, sling psychrometry, all that stuff, man. I was, I, I enjoyed it because 
it helped me understand really what was happening. And there, I'm assuming there are still a lot of people in the HVAC space currently that are just parts changers and they're, they do installs and they don't really, you know, the system comes with a certain amount of refrigerant and they just open that up and that's whatever it is. And they don't really know how to do some of those things. Right. So I love hearing you say, I want my people to do it right. And right is important and right is the only way and sealing ductwork and all the things that make sure that, you know, it goes well and goes correctly. So talk, let's talk a second about then if you're adamant about your people doing it right, how are you priced? Where do you think you land in the market? So I would say I'm probably not. In fact, I could tell you a hundred percent for sure. I'm not the most expensive one okay. out there. I'm certainly not the cheapest out there, but let me preface that by saying that that whole idea of wanting people to do things right is part of the reason why I'm on my own. Like I have not actually hired anybody to work directly for me yet. Right. So I'm still doing this day to day out there on the grind. And meanwhile, handling the inside part of things. Right. So I've kept it incredibly simplistic or as simplistic as possible. Right. So invoicing is done all through an app. Like scheduling is done all through the website. So I've tried to keep it as minimal um, overhead as possible to be able to stay competitive in that market. Because in Charlotte, there is a thousand and one heating and air companies. And for every one that closes, there's five more guys that either leave the, you know, the, the company that they're working for unlicensed and start working, or they actively get their licenses and then go out there and, and start their own companies and doing the same thing. Um, So, and I think a lot of that is time driven, family time driven, right? That's one of the biggest things when I was at the last company I was at before I started EPS HVAC, I was one of the two service managers in in the service department. And that was one of the biggest things that we got on a regular basis was like, well, I've got to get home. I've got to do this. I need this type of balance. And it was always more family time than work time. And and I think that's, it's a, it's a beast, right? When, when you have a big beast of a company to feed, there's a a need to feed that beast. And as a employee, they don't see that need from an individual standpoint. Right. So it is, it's, it's extremely tough. So, but that's, you know, I, I wanted to focus on, Obviously, I'm not going to always do it myself, right? This is a let's get started. Let's get a year under our belt, see what our workload looks like, and then make sure that we're sustainable enough to hire somebody full time on board. Okay. So, but, and I know that day is coming where we're going to bring somebody on. So it was like, you have to have this vision now because whatever your vision is for your future people, you have to start to work that right now exactly the way that you want people to be is how you have to work so that when they come on and they work with you, they understand what the expectation is. And so that's why I started this mentality now that, Hey, when I have people underneath of me that are working for Epps HVAC company, this is the mentality that we want them to have to do it right. There is no other way to do it. And if you're unsure of the right way to do it, ask about it. Let's talk about what is the right way to do this. And we're going to come across new stuff and and we're going to have to figure out right ways. Until then, we'll just have to 
relapse to the science and say, well, what does the science say? What yeah, does that sure. load say? Right. Sure. And, and that's doing it the right way is falling back to the information and the science that what we're based on. Yeah. So I, I try to, like I said, just instill that now so that people see that. And not only that, but customers see that. And, and it's, that's part of just the image we want to create. Yeah, and that's important, right? And I think it's, I, I like hearing you say that you're starting the processes now. Like build these processes in on what you want things to be like and how it wants to be. So when it's time to bring on and train and onboard someone, you've kind of got that worked out because that's significant as well. So it's what you hear too often is guys get in a position where they're busy. And so they, that kind of all goes out the window and they bring somebody on and they don't take the time to train them. So I'm going to challenge you that when, it is time to bring someone on. At that point, you're going to be busy, which is the reason you brought someone on. Make right. <laughs> sure you have the time to train them, right? Make sure that people are doing things the way you want them to do. That becomes a bigger animal to navigate as you grow over and over and over again. And you start, you know, kind of cresting these different marks of, of you know, dollar amounts and project levels and all that kind of stuff. And um, that's what makes it interesting, right? As we as we grew as a restoration company, it became a, a daunting task to keep all the projects in my head and then make sure that everything was being done and handled correctly on all of our projects. And restoration projects are different in that, you know, most of, most of your HVAC stuff is going to be three or four days kind of at tops, right? And, and you're in, you've, even if it's a full swap out, you're in, you're out, and you've moved on to the next thing and that project is done. In the restoration space, some of this can last months and months. So, um, as you're, you know, packing out a house or disassembling a house or reconstructing a house, some of that just takes a long period of time. And even more so in today's market where, you know, products are hard to come by at times and labor is hard to come by and that sort of thing. So keeping it all in my head was really tough. And as we grew and got busier, I had to have, you know, I was trying to figure out how to have more meetings with my team so that I could keep up with everything that was going on. Um, and it just seemed like a daunting, which is why we built a software program, right? It's because it was easier to have this program that kind of kept everything centralized so I could kind of know what was going on. So my challenge to you is ensure that, you know, you, you have processes laid out, maybe build a playbook um, that's this is how we do these things. This is this is how we apply the science. This is how we uh, ensure the truck is ready to go. This is how we, you know communicate with customers and how we onboard a customer and a lot of those things that you would do that way. And I would, I would encourage you to in, ensure that you take that time because it's daunting to not do it. And the reality for you is if you're going to scale, you have to be able to move that thing forward and be able to have people that can do what you want them to do and do it correctly. Um, right. Otherwise scalability, you can't touch everything as you grow and you have to recognize that I've got to have some tools in place to keep me from having to touch everyone uh, as we grow. Right. Yeah. So, and that's one of the things that I've kind of started to get into is that idea of scaling and how do I scale myself? Cause we're coming into a weird season in North Carolina where, where I'm at is it's one of those shoulder seasons, right? Where there's not a lot going on. It's been really weird this week. We've actually been in the forties already, yeah. which is super strange for this time of year. Uh, and it's great. I love it. Um, my wife hates it because it's so cold, but uh, I I like it because people are running the furnaces, right? And, yeah, and sure. stuff has to run to break. So yeah. for us, it's a, it's a win, but it's, it's now we're coming into a time in North Carolina. It's like slamming in the summertime, right? 
now we're coming into a time where it's not quite as busy and you're starting to try to figure out how do I keep myself busy because I've been so busy this summer doing service work that I didn't really have time to put in place a whole bunch of maintenance contracts and things like that. So it's all right, let's start to come up with plans. So that was always when I was a young, young tech, um, there was a fellow that, that I looked up to a lot. His name was Patrick Allen. He worked with train. He was one of the, the FSRs when I was coming into the industry. And he used to talk about it, owning his business in Nashville. He said, one of my favorite parts was when I would come up with a problem was trying to figure out how to solve it. He said, that was just fun for me. And I might come up with a way to solve it one time and then realize down the road, I've learned something else that makes it easier to solve that problem. So I was like, all right, that's cool. Now we have a problem to solve. So I've encountered that for, you know, the first time after being on my own for a couple months, it was like, oh, it's not just wake up every day and there's four or five service calls to go run because it's a hundred degrees outside. Right. Now it's right. a little more mild. Right. So, um, we've started to look at some other projects and some other avenues for how can we, um, how can I find work to be able to go do? So we've started to link up with some real estate agents and um, look at maybe some larger projects now, since we've got time to do them. So I just helped a friend of mine that had a house that had never had heating and air in it built in the 1930s. We had time to be able to go quote that project and get it done and, put heating and air into the first floor of that house, which was really cool. A lot of fun. Um, yeah, sure. So that, that was neat. Um, so we just started to look at other avenues. So we've started to look at some scaling for advertising um, and how do we go about doing that in, in a way that's manageable. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about what I'm looking at for the next six months um, for our company, for my company. Sure. Yeah. And so I would, I would say there's a couple of things too. And we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast with others is finding an operating system. So like EOS, which is an entrepreneurial operating system was, you know, helps you understand your vision and, and kind of implement some vision and some strategies that you can then move forward with a team. It helps you as you, uh, it helps you understand your culture and what you want to have as a culture. So when you hire someone, it's going to help you navigate you know, getting the right fit for that person. It's a pretty great uh, project. It's a book called Traction. You can get it on Amazon or on, you know, just on Audible. Uh, I don't even know about bookstores really anymore. There's a lot of bookstores closing. So, <laughs> um, but I know it's still, you know, no plug for Amazon, but that's the only place I know that you can get it right now uh, for you in, in Charlotte. So <clears throat> uh, it's a great book to listen to, dude. I would encourage you to, you know, grab it on Audible and just listen to it when you're driving to calls or whatever. And it's going to teach you some things about, how do I implement some of these strategies and processes? And um, it's not, it's not a game plan specifically for your company. You have to figure some of these things out yourself, but it'd be great for you. Uh, and I know you want to make sure you're doing things the right way, just because you've, that's what you've been taught and what you've been trained. And uh, you know, as you start to scale, then do that. And I would encourage you while you're kind of in this lull um, of, Hey, it's not, generally so cold that people need their heater and it's not hot enough. The HVACs are blowing up that you spend some time working on the business instead of just in the business and create some plans and figure out ways to uh, make it scalable instead of just bring in more work. Right? right. And that way you're in a spot that you have some, you know, opportunities to, to be successful and man, I'm, I'm available. So if you need help or ask questions or any of that kind of stuff, man, just give me a shout and uh, I'm happy to kind of help you navigate that and, kind of walk through some of those plans and processes and what you can look for and opportunities to help grow your business for, you know, 
other ways. The, the reality is at the end of the day, you want to be in a position where you're not just trading your time for money, that you've got opportunities to, you know, grow the business where you can not, you know, right now, if you get the flu, this flu season, and you're down for a couple of days, you're not making any money. Um, right. But you want to be in a spot where even if you do, something's still happening and you're still able to kind of move forward. And I know you're early and young in this program and, um, but that will come for you as long as you do things the right way and you build it to be scalable and navigate the, the next steps. Right. So good job on all that. Yeah. Let's talk about, let's talk about where you're at now in terms of, you know, you're, you're relatively new. So how, how long have you been at it um, as a whole on your own? So it's been <clears throat> since July uh, okay. that we've been at it, which was like a weird time to, to branch out on your own, right? Like midsummer coming into the end of the summer, but it had just gotten to a time where I was working full time as a as a like co-service manager for one of the major companies here in the Charlotte area, um, working full time for them, doing um, all the technical support and hiring and um, just assisting the office and all, all that sort of stuff. And then I would get done there and come home and go back out. And it just got to where it was like, this is crazy. There's got to be a better way. And it was just time to branch out and and get on my own. But it was cool to be able to have that previous experience to bring into this. So I got the opportunity to work at a company for a long time, great company, uh, for a long time and help scale that service department. And scale that up over when we took it over, we had, I think, 2,200 maintenance customers. And when I left, we had 5,400 maintenance customers. Um, So we had scaled that up considerably uh, over the years in just building a good maintenance program and educating our technicians. And that was what I was involved in a lot was training these guys on how to do the right thing. And that was really cool to be able to produce that and watch that scale. Unfortunately, I just never have been involved in this early part of scaling. So um, it's just fun. It's a new experience. One of the things that has been really great is it has allowed me more family time. And, you know, we talked about earlier, that was one of the things that everybody kept coming to me with. I want more of this. And it just got to a point where it's like, I I do too, you know, and this was one of the ways to be able to achieve that. So I set some rules for myself early on, you know, I've been in the industry a long time and heard all the horror stories about divorce and this, and like it, I worked all the, all the time and didn't even realize that my family had, you know, I forgot about them and all this stuff. I was like, that will never, I, early on, I said, there is going to be some rules where if you're doing X, Y, and Z during the day, you have to stop and it's time to call it a day and go home and, and spend time with your family. So there's been some things that we've been able to implement as a family unit to, that have allowed me more time, you know, take the kids school, pick them up, things like that, that I never would have had the opportunity to do previously unless I had a phone glued to my ear. Yeah. Right. Taking field support calls. And so one of the things that I'm looking at as I start to scale is I don't want to be in that position again, where I'm just constantly answering the phone. So that's certainly a challenge um, that I'm, I'm looking at to say, okay, I I know I need to grow. I know I can't be the guy doing it forever. So I I know I'm going to have to entrust some other people, which is 
not a big deal. We'll bring them in. We'll train them. We'll have, have those playbooks set out for them. Right. And, and set them loose when they're doing the right stuff and, and I'll be with them. And that's, that's, I'll have that peace of mind to know that they're doing the right things, but I don't want to be in a position again, where I'm just getting those constant tech support phone calls all sure. day about sure. you know, everybody's problem solver, you know? So and that was, that was really tough. And that's what got, it was draining previously and it it really makes the industry not as fun and this is a fun industry like that's the thing heating and air is so much fun there's so much that you can take away from it as a homeowner right if you're a technician that's also a homeowner you've basically got everything you need to work in your own house right you've got some 120 volt electrical skills to change outlets and receptacles and lights and probably hang fans and stuff like that. So it's a cool industry to be involved in. And that's exciting to have that. But when, when you just get like burnout on it, it's sure. not fun anymore. And that's sure. a bummer. Cause it is. And burnout's a real fun, thing. So. Yeah. Burnout's a real thing. Absolutely. You gotta be cautious about that. I get that. Absolutely. So let's but talk it's about. So, it, it's fun having the opportunity to experience that, that um, joy again. Right. Sure. That, oh, I, oh my gosh. I love doing this. I enjoy go even going to put in a system, right. You put it in and take a picture of your finished work. It's like, man, I did a really good job today. And it, that's a cool thing. So I uh, encourage anybody that's in the industry. If you feel like that you've lost that, that you had that when you started, take a pause and reflect and see what can I do to get that back? Because yeah. if you're in this industry, for one, we really can't lose you because we are so far short on technicians a that just want to be here and do the work and do it well right there's a lot of like you said earlier a lot of parts changers out there and that's not really what we need especially as this equipment gets more and more advanced with running a lot more inverted and variable speed equipment the idea of designing ductwork correctly and static pressure is really going to come into play and that's not in a parts changers realm So that's going to be involved with a lot more training, a lot of solid technicians. So if you're here, we need to keep you. We need to keep the, the, the guys in the industry as a whole, right? Even if they go to other parts of the industry, keep them here. And then the other side of that is bringing young people in the industry in the Charlotte area. There's a fellow that started a program called tools in schools, Ray Terry, and they go to the high schools and they talk to these kids about, why college may not be needed. And I'm not advocating yeah. that college is not needed, right? Like yeah. I'm not saying it's needed right out of high school. And and I'm somebody, I did not go to college right out of high school, but I'm all about further education and learning. And I think you should always try to better yourself via education, but it's not for everybody. And yeah, that's would- what Ray Terry goes into these schools and talks about with all the different trades, tree people and mm-hmm. uh, HVAC people and masonries and all those folks that you don't need college. Like you can go out here and make Correct. a great living doing this. So trying to bring people into the industry is a huge challenge, but it's something that I'm excited as a business owner that I get the opportunity to, as we bring people in to hopefully bring some people in and show them the right way to do it. Sure. Yeah. So you said, college isn't needed, but then later you said you don't need it. Right. I'm on the, you don't need it side. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have my degree. I, you know, I've, I've almost finished a master's degree when I decided it didn't make sense for me to be doing that. Um, so I'm not necessarily anti-college fully, but college right. model as it exists right now is not really viable for anything, unless you want to go into an industry where 
you know, if you want to go into engineering or you want to go into the medical fields, then maybe there's some needs for it. But uh, trades, guys like us that are trying to start our own business, my my management degree really didn't teach me what I needed to know to know how to manage a business. Maybe I learned some things that kind of taught me how some skill sets to be able to navigate some of it. But, you know, it, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't I that went great. for... I have a, an associate's degree in heating and air technology. So I mm-hmm. went to trade school, got yeah. an associate's degree in exactly what I was going to be working on, which for me, I would say was beneficial because again, I came sure from woodworking. So to be able to learn some of that stuff and, and really just learn a healthy fear of electricity before I sure. actually get out sure. into the field and zap myself a few times and decide, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Yeah. So that was helpful. There were some other just helpful things, like even if it's just going, I used to encourage my guys when when I worked at my previous company to just go and take like a wire diagram class, understand how to read a really extensive wire diagram, like a wire diagram for a car wash. If you can read that and understand it and understand all those switches and how to get to step 348 in that diagram, then a little 27-line furnace ladder diagram is going to be nothing to you. It won't be intimidating at all. So that's what I used to encourage guys. Like, yeah, I think getting a college degree is not necessarily for everybody, but I do think that there's opportunity in education even if it's something like a wire diagram or blueprint reading, things like that, that you're not going to get that on the job training. And and I'm a huge fan of on the job training, sure. by the way. Uh, sure. that you're never going to, to experience something like you experience it when you're laying on your side uh, in a wet crawl space with a snakeskin hanging over your head. That's yeah. the best training sure. you'll ever get. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, I can appreciate that. So let's talk about some of the pains you've had in business. Um, oh, so okay. far, let's let's navigate what what are what are one or two of the biggest pains you've experienced so far? I would say one would be just navigating the tax world. That was probably something that I was most still like, I don't want to say was like I'm still most terrified of taxes and not doing them correctly or not getting something in on time or whatever that case, like I'm terrified of the IRS. Let's, let's, let's go there. So I would say for me, that's one of the biggest pains because when you look at, okay, well, how much does it cost to get that done professionally? It's a lot, right? Like advertising is expensive. Accountants are expensive. So all these A words are incredibly expensive. So um, that the uh, the IRS I'd say is number one. Number two would just be, I guess, the fear of the unknown, right? Like, so before I actually left um, and put my two-week notice in and and moved on, I talked with two guys, two friends of mine, that one of them uh, has a a fence company and one of them has a plumbing company. And I just wanted to pick their brains about, well, how did you guys come to the determination that it was time and all that sort of stuff? And they were like, just do it. The, you'll you'll look back in a few months and it, you won't worry about that you made that decision. And I don't, and I, I'm glad I did it now, but it's still, there's still some like, well, what's six months from now? Like, yeah, all right, I sure. got stuff to do for the next couple of weeks, but yeah. what about three months from now? What about four months from now? And so, and you know, it's going to come right in your gut, you know, it's there, it'll happen. But 
it still hasn't happened yet. So it's that unknown, I think. Sure. Uh, as a as a young business owner, are you going to be able to sustain what you're sure. doing? Well, um, and I will tell you, I don't know that that feeling ever goes away. Just FYI. Um, <laughs> so for us, we run a pretty substantial business, but I always live in that space. Maybe it's the way I'm wired. Maybe not everybody thinks this way, uh, but I always live in that space of, you know, we're, we're one major accident from something going away or, you know, one pandemic away from all the world being shut down. And then how do you feed yourself kind of environment, which is, I mean, not that the world would ever experience a full pandemic, that the whole world would be closed. That certainly couldn't happen, but it just did. So how do you navigate that? And you just never know. And I've got a buddy that is here. He runs a $72 million a year HVAC company. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah, but they they get anxious about having to run three hundred thousand dollars a day in revenue because the overhead that's involved in what they're doing to make that all work. And they've got a really slick setup going, man. They've done some things really well, but there's still this anxiety of we have to produce three hundred thousand dollars a day in revenue in order to hit all of our targets to make everything work so we can be sustainable. So and so I don't know, like I, I deal a lot more with other restoration companies. Uh, than I do, you know, HVAC guys or any of that other, but like, it's kind of predominantly an entrepreneurial spirit of, okay, I got these people to feed and now I've grown. Now I've got, at this point we have a hundred and something mouths to feed um, in our, in our company. And there's some anxiety about making sure you do things the right way and navigate that the right way to ensure that they get it. So I don't know if that ever goes away, but um, you know, I, I do appreciate that. Um, in terms of the tax thing, like nobody understands the tax thing. Even your accountant <laughs> doesn't understand the tax thing. It's one of those environments where as a restoration company, residentially, we don't charge tax on our projects. But if it's commercial, then you have to charge tax. If it's an apartment complex where people live, you don't charge tax because it's where people live, even though it's a business instead of just where people live. But if it's a nursing home where you know people live, it's actually a business and you charge tax on it. It's like, well... Okay. And apparently there's some rules about in in the extraction world, right? Uh, I'm not even going to get this right, but it's some level of if you pull the carpet pad out and throw it away because it's wet, it's not taxable. But if you extract it, it's taxable. One is actually, you know, they're both labor. Like it's so weird, right? It's just like, I think it's set so that we never figure it out, right? They they build it so that the rules change regularly and you never figure out what's going to happen. And then you wind up in this spot where they can come do a tax audit and try to hammer you with a tax audit. I think that's just part of how the world works. So <laughs> that doesn't encourage you in terms of your fear of the IRS. I get that. Uh, just know that it's just a thing. So figure out somebody that you can afford to hire to help you through navigate some of that. That's going to be good and, and help you find the right places to take the deductions and figure out when you charge tax and when you don't charge tax and how you navigate the world of, of the tax laws, because it does get crazy. Um, we, we were set for 30 minutes. We're slightly over that 30 minute mark. I want to be respectful of your time because you got stuff to do. I know, uh, you got to go out and get a tr- the book traction and you got to start working on your business itself and figure out advertising and all those things that you need to navigate right now. Um, but I appreciate the time. Is there, is there anything you want to say to someone that's looking to start uh, their business that you would say, Hey, you know, like you said, start processes early. You said, do things right. Um, and so there's some things that you've, that you're, I believe you're going to be on the right path for as you grow and scale. Is there anything you want to share with anybody 
that we haven't talked about. That's like, I think this is important in terms of building a business or growth or whatever the case may be. I think just being aware of, of the work that's going to go into starting it. So it's not just, I'm very confident and comfortable doing heating and air stuff, right? Very comfortable with that. No issues at all, but it's so much more than heating and air items, right? So just be aware of all the different aspects and don't hesitate to ask questions and talk to people. So there was a lot of people that I sat down with before I really branched out on my own to just ask the question of, well, how did you handle this situation when it came up and how did you handle this? And all these things that all those what ifs that you think about when you're laying in bed, not sleeping when you should be. And you're like, is this right? Did I do that? Right. Did I remember to do this? What did I forget? And just know the one thing that I have had to do is to just not beat myself up over forgetting something because you're learning and you didn't beat yourself up in school when you would get a C on the test because you were still learning whatever it was that they were teaching you. So why would you beat yourself up now when you've never done this before? So, you know, just take it slow. There's no reason to rush it and ask questions, find the right people and ask questions. I was really, really excited after I listened to a few episodes of your podcast to get to come on it, to be able to have this type of conversation with somebody that has been involved with business for 30 plus years and uh, those type of things. So it's having those people around you to be able to talk to and um, just having other folks to be able to bounce ideas off of. Don't think that it's all you, right? It might be your company, but there's going to be so many people around you that want to help and want to, help you build what you're trying to build and just let them help you. And you may not like all the ideas, right? But that's, it's your company. You're going to take the ones you like, just make sure you take it slow, have what you need to be successful. Right. I think too many times, small business owners, and this is what I, when I talk to people around me that have started their own businesses and I talk to them, Hey, what are you doing? How are you doing? oh man, I'm doing this and I've got this going on. And it seems like they've probably taken on things that are outside of what they were really set up to do. So I think scaling is something that gets missed a lot, that it's not just about scaling your business, it's scaling the projects that you're doing as well. And that's one of the things that I've tried to make sure that I'm being very careful of to not take on anything that is outside of what I can do. So that's brilliant. There's so right. much to talk about with yeah, you know, sure. new, business we can... and new business owners and everything. So sure. I'd love to revisit with you in a year or so and see where we're at after oh, yeah. a year of operation would be fun. Yeah, that, that'd that be great, man. See how it's going and do a, you know, how's it going kind of podcast with you. It'd be awesome. I'd love to do that. So, um, you know, hopefully we're still podcasting at that time. We'll see how that goes, right? It's, it's fun doing the podcast. Um, it's tough keeping up with all of it and everything else I've got going, but uh let's let's plan on that man let's plan on circling back to it and seeing how that goes that would be awesome thank Eric, you so man, much for having me on I absolutely really, really I, appreciate it i appreciate you being here and just know that i'm available if you need anything man i'm i'm happy to be here i'm happy to help thank you so much thanks sir. for being on have a man. wonderful day take care this has been a business aspirin pain relief for business podcast If you're a business owner trying to overcome your business pains, follow us on Apple Podcasts or visit our website for more information, job-docs.com.